Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend, talented comedian, Mark Anthony Synagoga. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Woo! I'm doing good, buddy. I love the deep freezer in the back. Very Italian of you. Yeah, no, it's not a deep freezer. It's actually a filing cabinet. <laughs> good call. We do have a, a mini fridge next to me. It's not in frame right now, but definitely very Italian of me. That's where I keep my cold cuts and my snack size um, chocolate bars. Because, you know, whenever I got a, get a snicker craving, right? I love um, that. You know how it is, right? But uh, yeah, Mark Anthony, uh, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. I, I, find, we, I find you wildly funny. Uh, I've told that to you many times to your face and uh, not to embarrass you or anything, because I know you're a very humble guy about it. Um, but yeah, you're hilarious. Um, it was an honor. It was a pleasure to see you perform uh, stand-up live um, on the I'm Your Sugar Daddy tour, he- headlined by our mutual friend Nima Naz. Uh, that was wild to see. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just seeing your face right now, we had a little bit of an exchange before the podcast. It brings, you know, a smile because we I re- reminisce on like the moments we shared, you know, like traveling across Canada, all the laughs, um, a lot of them at my expense. <laughs> That's part of it. You know, part, part of being of uh, part of being part of the uh, the comedians. Right. Um, I kind of that was my initiation. Right. But uh, I loved it. Uh, so many inside jokes we shared. Um, just countless. I, I feel like, you know, spurting them out right now, just like endlessly. But uh, yeah, man, uh, did you share the same experience on tour? Oh, man, it was great. I mean, uh, you know, first off, watching Nima just sell out everything and crush uh, across Canada was inspiring uh, just because, you know, you, you you see that social media is the answer to building your own fan base and all that kind of stuff. So exactly. that was phenomenal. Um, and then, uh, you know, as someone who's been touring and headlining the country for a while now, you don't always get to work with people that you like or even people that you know, you know, and right. you just get to know them as you go. Got so it. this was great. Whereas like you, you work with a bunch of people that you already knew. Um, and like, you know, I didn't know you and the way that we met was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of set it off on a, on a great note. And I mean, we're both <laughs> Italian. So like, you know, we're already paisans anyways. So, exactly. Yeah, it just made for just great synergy and so much fun, dude. Yeah, no, and, and I, I felt the same way, right? Like we often joked about being paisans, but that's really the truth of it. When I, uh, a lot of the jokes uh, we would laugh at, um, it's just, just how we grew up and just how we saw things. You know, one of the inside jokes being, if this was Vaughn, because oh. we both, you and I both know, like <laughs> they could never pull that shit, um, you know, between the service and like, you know, clientele and things like that. But uh, no, it was hilarious nevertheless. And like I said, it made for a memorable experience. Um, you know, going back to you and Nima, like, were you guys uh, boys from before? Were you guys like friends or you guys kind of cross paths? Because I noticed some like older work, older videos that you guys put out back in 2019. Or does that go further? Uh, I think it goes a little further back. Um, but I can't remember. Like, the, I'm pretty sure the way we met is um, we were both on the same show at a comedy club. And then he saw me uh, do a Persian accent. Right. on stage and was like buddy we got to do videos together he's like your persian accent's hilarious so yeah um that that's kind of what set that off and i don't even remember when that was i think it's got to be 20 like 16 or 17 somewhere in there oh wow okay so it's a while back so you've cultivated this friendship so it's been many years right and this is like yeah. the first time you're on tour together yeah de- definitely first time on tour um uh, yeah that's awesome that's great yeah. well like I said, speaking of the tour, um, got the pleasure of you know witnessing you doing stand-up. And like I said, you're a modest guy, at times very self-critical. And as much as you don't like to boast yourself, um, I, I do mean that when I say I find you funny. Uh, but I want to get into like you being a comedian. 
Uh, how did your passion for comedy first develop? And when did you decide you wanted to do stand-up, uh, you know, indefinitely? That's a good question. Um, I'd say I owe it to Humber Comedy School. I went to uh, Humber Writing and Performance uh, because I never really had the idea of doing stand-up in my head. Like, I was like, oh, you know, I'm always uh, writing funny ideas and, um, you know, was trying to find a way to get into it, but never really knew how or what. Right. Um, and, and then I auditioned for the program because a friend of mine told me about it. And then I just ended up going on stage for the first time because they make you right. They make you do stand up and stand up class. So right. um, and the first time I went on stage was like, you know, that fucking light bulb moment, if you will. Like I got off stage and I was like, oh, fuck, I think I found what I'm supposed to do here. Nice. Uh, I just kind of went all in from there and been, you know, constant collaborating, pushing ideas out, this, this and that. Right. So it's yeah. been uh it's been fun so it was almost like a calling for you you would say i'd say so yeah like because you know you always look for something that you know you do that you're like oh man i'm actually fucking really good at this naturally or like you know without you know too much effort or whatever like you, you find something <clears throat> that you feel like you're naturally good at or like just something you feel that you're supposed to do or whatever and and that was it uh for me like i got off stage and like i did so well and i was like fuck, this is great. You know, and I had that high or whatever. I mean, my second set was like the world's worst set I've ever done. <laughs> right, uh, right. So it was humbling right away. But uh, right. no, I, I still was like, okay, you got to remember that feeling from the first time you did it, you know? Nice. That's, ama that's amazing, man. And that's, that's what uh, distinguishes. I don't know. Like I always enjoy hearing from creatives, um, you know, any sort of talented individuals that it's not just a passion, it's a calling, right? Because that just puts it on a different level. And that's why yeah. I've seen you so dedicated to the craft right um and it's also innate like again mm. it's not just you go on stage you're funny and then you come off and you're like don't talk to me or like you're a different character it's mm. just who you are you know like for right. all those uber rides we had together the hotel rooms it was, it was oh, wild, yeah. right to see you just like always on note always you know being a very observant and cracking jokes and really just making light of everyday situations um mm. were you always like that as a child uh, that's what my parents say for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and in, in class, that was sort of always what I was doing was getting kicked out of class and shit like that. So yeah. for pointing things out or making jokes or whatever, yeah. um, you know, or like when a server comes to the table with your bread from your breakfast, that's fucking 30 minutes after your breakfast, you're like, buddy, if we were in bond, <laughs> you would have been fired. You would have been fired. Bro. <laughs> You'd jam? be working at Toys Toys R Us, bro. We're still waiting for that jam. <laughs> that was so funny dude oh funny. Man, i looked at you and you like again back to our inside jokes like we just fucking knew man you pull that shit especially at a banquet hall at an italian wedding done bro bread yeah the Where's bread the should be first never mind last like that actually pissed me off for those of you who don't know we ordered breakfast and like we got our breakfast and then the bread came a solid like we were all done our meals and then right. the bread came and we we're like okay hey, can we get some jam yeah, the that jam was never came. Yeah, the eighteen burger situation as well. That was funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that was wild. I told my that story to my uncle because again, they understand the humor, and he looked at me serious. He's like, "It's right, Daniel. It's only true." <laughs> I'm back in Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about the A and W burgers? Or you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the burger. I don't want to say too much, but like uh, we were we were having a shit show about uh, you know one or two, but then they ended up taking eighteen, and you're like. The limit? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't remember that? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I didn't know if we were talking about the uh, 
the poutine place or the a and w oh no no that about key no that's another story i'm talking sorry i'm talking about the when we were wrapping it up and oh yeah uh, we were being generous and then uh, i'll take one or two. yeah like you and i just read each other immediately and we're like more <laughs> it was just yeah you're an mdf buddy yeah it's it's uh and it's just the way we were raised you know like it's it's yep. just embedded in our culture and like i said i was explaining that to my uncle like my zeal right i should say uh when he was coming he visited me after the tour and i told him the story and he didn't laugh he looked at me and he's like it's only right you know like of course you're not gonna and i'm like <laughs> you see how we were yeah. we were bred as i said as i say yeah. we were bred to feel to think and you know what's funny i was when we were explaining it to everybody else yes after, yes they, they were like yeah but we offered it and i'm like yeah but when we offer it we're not offering everything it's like you want to take some leftovers sure take two slices of pizza but it don't take four or five yeah. pizzas like we still gotta eat two tomorrow Come but it's on. like it's, i told my zio i was like it's like me zio like coming over to your house for a birthday and asking for three, four, five slices of cake. When I go home, you're going to say, but my, did Daniel eat dinner or what? <laughs> did any, does anybody feed this guy? And then like, yeah. if I went over to your house, you invited me for a dinner and I just like kept gorging down food. When I, when I leave, you'd be like, buddy, don't ever come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they'd call your parents and be like, you know, your kid's malnourished. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Do not feed yeah, your kid. A- yeah. But we, again, like that, I'm so happy you, you nailed that because just to see the, dynamics of the cultures right it's like we we kind of understood and uh just those social norms like we kind of picked up on um and that's what i meant by having you on the trip like we we could only laugh at that because we knew where it was coming from so that was so wild but um going back to like humber college because uh you and nima share a very similar journey um i honestly was never aware that you could go to school to study comedy Mm. um you know joe rogan often often says you can't do it like it's not a thing but you guys proven that it's possible and i've kind of admired that you used it as a tool to like hone your skills uh for me i you know never had the privilege never had the opportunity of going to film school uh probably because i didn't have the right portfolio at the time but i always wonder and always ask that question if i should have gone uh, i want to ask you did it serve you did it make you become a better comic or do you feel the real world going to venues is what shaped you and defined who you are uh, it's definitely a combination because it's sort of, um, it, 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 okay, here's what I like about it. Right. Right. They make you do everything. Okay. Right. So you audition to get into the program and let's be real. They take probably everybody, um, because you know, how many people are actually applying to this program, you know? Right. So, um, and I saw ads for my buddy actually saw ads for it on the subway system. And I remember like I got off this argument with my dad and he was like, you're not dropping out of fucking college. No fucking way. Like you have to go to school. Right. And I'm like, you know, and I was like, oh, I want to go to second city, whatever. I want to get some training done. See what, you know, know the ropes here. Of course. And then that same day, my buddy's like, oh, that's so weird. I just saw an ad for it at Humber. So then I applied, then I got in. And like I said, they teach you sort of the basics and you're learning, you realize that you're learning from people that are going to be your peers later on. Right. And you don't really notice that until you kind of leave the school, if you will. But so they, they kind of give you about just general rules and ideas of how comedy is done, etiquette in the scene, you know, what's available to you to progress your career. What's not like, you know, this sort of thing. Um, and like, they make you do radio, they make you do sketch um film sketch live sketch improv you know stand up all this stuff acting voiceover work you know just to see where what you like and where your career could potentially go and like how to hone your skills and put together a press kit or um a portfolio for example 
right. uh, how to get yourself booked, this whole thing. So, I mean, that part of it is amazing. The but, logistics of the business, you mean? Like not so much the art form there. They were. You, you, yeah. You were, and like yeah. E- even the art form, you know, they teach you how to structure a joke and like how comics usually do certain things and whatever. Okay. So like, which all information is great. Um, but you're, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an expert, you, you, you're not an expert unless you're experienced at the same time. So yeah. um, that, that's where the scene itself shapes you in a different way. And you're not going to get the same ex- level of comedian Right. who has done it from coast to coast uh, over and over again, played to five people in a room in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So like the, the, they have two different purposes um, and both are necessary to shape you as a comic, I think. Right. Yeah. So it can't be discounted completely. Right. Like there is always knowledge to be gained. It wasn't like a waste of time or anything for you. No. And I, and that's exactly. And like, I, you know, people go, Oh, you can't teach comedy or funny or you're not. It's like, sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's almost just like there's just tricks of the trade and um, knowledge that you can gain. And like even learning the history of, of comedy and, you know, all those things add to just the knowledge of how you approach something. Right. Um, and breaking down comedians and all that kind of stuff as a group or even just being around guys who are professionals who listen to your material after and go, oh, you should go like this. You should try saying it this way or change it. Like just different ways to approach it is all right. part of it. And if I didn't go to Humber, I would not have done stand-up and I would have never gotten into stand-up. So, I mean, just because of that, I have to be like, it was not a waste of time. And wow, it, it really, you're really attesting to that. Like I gave you that push. To, well, yeah, they made you do stand-up. Like I, in my head, I was like, I'm not doing stand-up public right. speaking. Are you fucking crazy? Right. Like that was just never happening. So, um, but because you had no choice or you wouldn't fucking pass the class, you do it. Right. And you know what I mean? And that's why I ended up doing it and you so. developed that mindset then you were conditioned so like you were ready to go when it actually happened when you needed to go like it gave you that encouragement to, to actually yeah. perform live yeah because the number one fear as we know is public speaking so you know just uh, it was uh, highly admirable just to see you guys being able to go in front of a crowd and obviously you guys are experienced you guys have been doing it for many years um but it still takes balls you know and uh i, I really do commend you guys on that i, I still don't know how you do it <laughs> but uh, I, I guess it's years of practice and that's what makes you guys the professionals right love it thank you for that yeah yeah of course so getting back to like the italian parents and the italian bring up uh, yes you were hinting that like your dad was wasn't uh too for like for you like dropping out like how was that like are they still giving you shit like how like i can only imagine because i dealt with a lot of crap but what did you feel like for comedy? Like, how was it? I mean, like, my dad hates when I talk about this because he's like, I've always supported you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Italian parents you know, 101, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you mean? I what do you, you mean? I was there since birth. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's true. Like, you know, my dad supported this shit. I mean, both my parents right. do. Um, and, like, uh, I'm fortunate enough that I could have taken the risk and lived at home for so long um, and, you know, have the opportunity where my parents right. were like, okay, go ahead, pursue it, whatever. Yeah. But you know, the, there wasn't that full support. Like my dad was like, man, you got to get some sort of degree or education. Like my dad's very big on, you got to have a fallback. You got to have a plan B. Yeah. You got to, you know, and I'm like, no, man, my plan A is my plan B. And I'm like, no, I'm just doing this. And we're, I'm on for the journey. And he was like, no, no, no. Like you got to make money. And yeah. you know, and the older you get, the more responsibilities pile on, you know, you get married, you have kids, this whole thing. Like, and my dad, you know, I, we don't have kids, but um, got married. And, you know, every now and then he'll be like, listen, you know, like, 
the time to get tough. Like I got this sales job. I can get you in there. Yeah. 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 I, think yeah. I know really this guy that runs an agency. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's like, I can, I can get you in there. You know, you can be pulling in like 80 grand a year. You can still be doing stand up on the side. I'm like, dad, I'm not, I'm That's doing this full time. And you're just like, he doesn't realize that that is a form of not supporting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, and he, it, from him, you, you know, us, we have to realize that that's just a form of them just being our parents and just wanting us to be successful and that unconditional love and whatever. He's like, you know, when there's an opportunity on his end, first person he thinks of to make more money is us. Right. So, of course, of course. Um, it, it just sucks that they come from that generation where money is everything. Yeah, um, I get it. Where I don't care about money at all. And that's probably one of my downfalls. So, um, yeah, I'm the same you know, way, man. No, I'm, I'm the same way. And I, I'm so happy you were transparent about it and, and, and blatantly just said it like that because I often get a crap when I talk that way. They're like, what do you mean you don't like money? How are you going to live? How are you going to eat? Must be nice exactly. right now, like staying at home, right? And I'm like, listen, yep. I'm just trying to say is that building the foundation to come up, like my, my success, I'm not trying to make it about that because I know I'm going to burn out and I know I'm not going to do it from the genuine like sp- place in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, this is not about, uh, obviously I got to get, we got to eat, right? I got to, I got to live. But at the same time, it's like, I have to really do what's best for myself, my brand. And that's why I'm very you know, particular about everything. So I'm so happy you said that um, it's an admirable quality. And I think that's why it's gotten you so far and connected you with uh, such talented individuals, right? Is just being true to who you are um, and not changing your brand. Um, I for, appreciate for that. Anything that. Yeah, no, I, I, I just basing it off of my observations, right? Um, you know, being on the road and everything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, going back to like, you know, your parents uh, sometimes not being supportive or maybe even yourself. Like I know I was mentioning how you could be very self-critical. And the reason why I bring that to light is because I'm a very self-critical individual, um, you know, especially when it comes to my own craft. Um, you know, I'm, I'm my biggest critic. Uh, I want to know, like, how do you overcome the challenges or lack of motivation when you're experiencing um, these kinds of like setbacks? Setbacks being being overcritical type thing. Critical on yourself. Uh, maybe someone you know, your family, someone close to you says you should consider another job, um, or just like mm. a content not performing well. You know, like just kind of like the data right. for creative. Yeah. I mean, fuck, bro. Like I try my best to give myself like a nice uh, spoon of gratitude all the time, and I try to like, meaning like I'll sit there and go none of this even matters. Like we're going to be dead so soon. Like, you know, (laughs) you know, like in a blink of an eye, literally like, you know, and our lifespan on this timeline is fucking bang, bang. So who fucking cares? Exactly. Um, And it really bugs me when people get caught up into the day to day nonsense of like, like my uncle to this day, bro. He's like, listen, (laughs) I need a couple guys this weekend to help, uh, you know, do a lift and relay. And I'm like, Zio, I'm not doing yeah. construction. He's like, you're a bitch. You're a little bitch. You know, you're, you you got to fucking work. Look at your hands are soft. With your soft like, hands. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, shut up, man. Like, yeah. you know, and I, I know again, they mean it well, but they don't understand that over and over again, after being 10 plus years in drop the album, fucking, you know, making a living, doing what some people don't do. Uh, it's yeah. like, man, at some point, bro, why don't you fucking, you know, you have 5,000 connections and you never sit there to think to go, hey, why don't I call all my buddies who own companies and ask to them to hire and hire my nephew oh, to, right. uh, you know, do a corporate event? You know what I mean? It's like, no, they I, never- oh, there you, I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking like me. It's like instead of like, yeah, you know how you can help me is network for me or like put the yeah. brand out there. I know. Yo, yeah. I love, Push. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. That. Why don't yeah, instead of using your connections to get me a sales job, why don't you see if I can do the holiday party? And he's like, I didn't even know you did that. It's like, what do you mean, bro? 
You know, it's like, how yeah. many family events do I have to miss because I'm doing a corporate or a gig and for you just to go, I didn't know. Like, yeah. So, I mean, uh, again, um, how do you overcome it? I, I, I sit there and go, I'm doing this regardless. I made that choice fucking 20 times over. Yeah. So when I sit there and I have a bad set, I get upset about it. I try to go back to the drawing board and I feel like it's good to do that. It's good to experience all those emotions anyways. Um, but then you just go, well, I mean, I have a show tomorrow, so let's do it. You know what I mean? Like you're just yeah. on to the next because I've been through short. this. Before. You got to enjoy the ride. Yeah. yeah you got to enjoy the before, ride. Yeah. It's a roller coaster. There's highs and lows and that's any industry. So it's like, you might as well do the, do it in the one you love, you know? Yeah. And it's so true. Like, I don't know about yourself, but, uh, I I've had a taste when I graduated university, I had a taste of like the corporate life. And like you said, it's any industry, like the feelings that I have, it's more personal for me because I'm like attached to the craft. And there's like, this is mm. my calling like yourself, but it's like, you're always going to have a bad day no matter what you do. Right. Even if it's something you love, why don't you make it about something you love? So at least you can be proud of yourself. Right. Or, uh, or at the very least satisfied. So I, I, I respect that a lot. And, um, I guess that takes years, right. To mature, to get to that kind of point. Um, and that's why I call you a professional comedian as well, because you are getting paid to do this, right? Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's what you got to remind that, that Italian side. Exactly. <laughs> Those guys. Cause the reason why I keep bringing up the Italians, no shade on them, but it's like the way we're raised grew up. If you're not working for the government or a doctor, or a lawyer, like you're lost in life. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, here's the thing. My family has always been more on the trade side of things. So they're yeah, always yeah. like, buddy, every uncle of mine owns a <laughs> construction company. So, yeah. and every one of them could use a bitch worker like me to, <laughs> lift bricks a big guy and, too yeah I yeah exactly bricks. and they're just like yeah. come on help me out come on and i'm like bro i don't want to be a lifer bro and like honestly dude when i used to work with them in the summers yeah. Yeah. i'd get into fights with a lot of their workers that i call lifers like guys that stay there for their whole life or 20 Spend years their paycheck on fucking home. booze and shit like that. exactly yeah, and yeah. you know because i'd be like I'd complain sometimes during the day and be like, buddy, fuck this. I never want to do this again. Yeah, my back. This is, my back is my <laughs> yeah, motivation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and they're like, no, they, well, this is our fucking way out. This is our second chance in life. This is our calling. You know what I mean? And you're sitting yeah. here going, bashing it. I'm just like, boys, you're telling me there's nothing that you can do to better your life than this. Right. And they're like, hey, man, life doesn't always happen the way it does for you, blah, blah, blah. So, and that's where I sit there and go, okay, I have to be grateful that I can actually do this. That's true, yeah. Um, so, and and that that's it. I sit here and go, I'm like, man, I've been given the chance to be able to pursue something that I feel that I'm really good at. Yep. And and, and that's it. So it's like, I'm going to make it work regardless. I mean, the, you know, you don't know your own journey, but again, you're in it for the journey anyways. So this is, uh, the highs and lows are part of it. You can't, you can't uh, get worked up over, a couple little uppercuts that you get in the game. It's like that name me one person who doesn't deal with these struggles. You know what I mean? But that's what I noticed like on the trip. That's why I kind of vibe. I, I love your, your persona to it. It's it, it wasn't just on the stage. You carried it throughout your life. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you would just make remarks about everything. Um, and I noticed what you were doing. It's you're, you're, you're poking fun at life. So we're not all serious all the time because you mm. can very quickly get stuck into that you know, uh, overthinking, right? Um, I know yeah. I'm guilty of that, right? So I realized what you were doing, right? And I've had friends in the past like yourself. So it was a breath of fresh air, right? It's like, uh, you know, when we were late, right? It's like, come on, man, come on. <laughs> the reason why you're doing that is because you're trying to like, Funny, and they get, remember how mad they would get sometimes? Like, sometimes they take it so seriously. And they're like, right. no, man. And I'm like, no, man. Right? Like, but, bro, but, it's like, who cares? Yeah. And I'm doing the, I should mention, I'm doing the behind the scenes, right? I was, I was hired to be the director of the whole behind the scenes for this tour. So I'm going through the footage now, editing the vlogs. And a lot of that is you just 
breaking that tension you know what i mean like just kind of like um absolving and just kind of like saying yo we're here we're on a comedy tour and i don't know just making a lot you stole a lot of the scenes bro i have to say that like just going looking at the footage so yeah you got yeah he takes good notes (laughs) i have i'm literally like looking at a rock clip of that um because i i should mention guys uh mark anthony uh first time i met him on the tour uh, I had to explain to him, you know, my vision for this vlog and what he needed to do. So I said, you know, just be as animated as you can, make a joke, chirp this guy, just be yourself. So a lot of that translated, and you'll see that when the vlogs come out. That was great. Um, no, I'm serious, man. Like that's exactly the energy I wanted because um, it goes well. It compliments to the viewer, right? So thank mm. you for that. Um, no, no so, worries. I yeah. want to interject because you know, yeah, you, of course, you, you said that was you know when we first met, and that's not how we first met. And <laughs> yeah. I don't tell, know. Tell everybody what I did. <laughs> Buddy, so I get onto the train. We taking the Via Rail from Toronto to Montreal. I get on my Via Rail seat, and the guy on the train goes, uh, "Yeah, I mean, you have this whole foursome here to yourself." And I'm like, "Well, that's fucking weird." Because I got on in Scarborough, and they got on in Toronto. So I message the group chat, and I'm like, "Hey guys, where are you at?" And they all go, "We missed the train. We missed the train. Fuck, we missed the train. Yeah. We're gonna get the next train an hour later." Buddy, skip about what? It was about an hour in. Yeah, this idiot Dan comes <laughs> and sits next to me and goes, "Hey man, can I sit here?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man." And guys, I had never met him. I didn't know. I didn't even know he was part of the tour. Um, and I was in sits- the fuck. I was in the itinerary, by the way. It's that Daniel Calderon will be joining. So just <laughs> legit, just, yeah. Just saying that. <laughs> yeah, but everything was accounted like, for, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I, to be honest, I, I didn't know your face, right? And I no, was like, I get it. I okay, get it. there's there's uh, you, Cyrus, and then couple other guys and i'm Who like really oh, reads okay. the itinerary bro no one reads the itinerary buddy i'm, <laughs> My I'm the like just make sure bro. you pick I'm me just... up at eight <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the... so i'm sitting there this guy goes hey man can i sit with you for a sec and he sits with me and he's silent looking out the window for like five <laughs> ten minutes yeah. and then he looks at me and he goes yo i think i recognize you man like aren't you that guy who does videos with neem i'm like oh, yeah yeah he's like yo can we get a picture we get a picture whatever then this fucking asshole stays staring out the window for like another 10 15 fucking minutes <laughs> And then he goes, oh, yo, my boys are going to love this, man. I got to send a picture of this to my boys, whatever. Starts chatting me up, asking me all these questions about my whole life. And then... Tanishina, the bro. Yeah, he goes, yo, where are you from? My Tanishina. I'm like, oh, I'm from Kassila. Like, pass by. It was a I fucking passed. shortcut to my destination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then in the group chat, on my phone, it dings, is the photo of me and him. And I'm like, yo, I think you sent... Yo, is your no, boy in the group chat? You went, you went literally shut the fuck up because I was pitching you my whole production company. I'm like, so we do videos and technically shut. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Why are you in this group chat? Yeah. And then this guy goes, by the way, we all got upgraded to first class. Everybody's in the first train, bro. And I was like, you pieces of shit, bro. I walk fucking to the first class train. Yeah. There's Nima, the whole squad, like eight people. And the whole train's in on it. So everyone's fucking laughing. Yeah, what's funny is, yeah, even the fucking girl serving the food was like, did you did you get caught? Did you get like, <laughs> Why is she yeah. in it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bitch, fuck off. Yeah. And then uh, they got back at me by taking our complimentary food that uh, was what, seeds and raisins or maybe more, but who knows? Oh, my God. <laughs> that that was that was wild. That's that was hilarious. Don't and I should mention, party. like, when I told you the joke, like, you know, I usually say, okay, here's the prank. And then it's a ha ha and then let's dip. You, yep. st- you stayed there for about five minutes, man. You were just kind of absorbing, like, what the fuck happened? And I love, I just fast forward, I love on the tour when uh, 
we brought up the prank or, or you said like, you know, you're kind of, it's kind of like a running joke. Like, don't forget, don't you think I forgot you guys pranked me whatever. Right. And then I don't know if it was Nima. I don't know, someone said something like, yeah, like, are you going to be pranking us next? And you're like, buddy, if I prank you guys, you'd be calling your mom. Saying, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking, you'd be quitting the tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And another funny thing that happened because we are speaking of the tour is, uh, you know, me getting into a whole situation, you know, just not feeling right. <laughs> I don't want to get too involved, but uh, just couldn't handle my alcohol at one night. But it was hilarious is you're like, the tour is falling apart. We're losing our fucking BTS. <laughs> you know what but, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not to get hilarious. too deaf, but we, we, uh, it seemed like the entire team was falling apart for a second. And me and Packer <laughs> were just like, okay, we got to, uh, we got to fucking pick up the We got to pull here. this together or else we're headlining the whole fucking tour. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious, man. That, that honestly put a huge smile on my face. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, so getting back to the tour, um, you know, just working alongside you guys, I really noticed how uh, invested you were in cultivating your brands through social media, like day in, day out, like just consistent. That's what you guys were doing, posting content, making content. I had the fortune of like actually uh, videos, like recording you guys. Uh, doing some funny skits so i was wild to see like you guys actually do it live um so as a filmmaker who's passionate about telling stories myself you know i've experienced that why social media is so integral obviously um so i want to know from you though how has social media served your career over the last decade since you began comedy you know um i just i found a picture of me and nima actually i just remembered that on my computer is like one of the first times we ever met nice and, and i want to show it real quick okay cool yeah i'm just gonna it. i'm yeah. just gonna flip the camera real quick oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's it's striking again bro it's it strikes again, again. oh my god okay so for that those was... watching video uh this bert character is bert on molly or whatever um this has been a running joke this was probably like the joke of the tour We've used this many times on each other um, in more serious situations, which I uh, oh. can't really explain. But honestly, that that's wild. That's wild to me uh, that it's it's still going. Wow. But good for you, man. That's what I mean. Like keep keep that energy, bro. Like that that's hilarious. That's so nostalgic. When I see that, that should be like the face of the tour. Like, it's <laughs> like honestly legit. Because yo, the other day when I got all you guys, I was in my bed, dude, and I'm like, I got Omid. And I'm like, that's it. I'm if I can get Omid, <laughs> yeah. If I can get Omid, I'm getting yeah. everybody. So I just yeah. used the same formula on all you guys. Yeah, it was the best. Nima called me just crying, laughing, dude. Uh, anyways, um, you were saying about how social media kind of, yeah, my just how, how it served you as a, as a comic um, in the decade. Like uh, when you first started, did it? Did you kind of receive like the fruits of it, like the benefits, or did, was it a grind? So, I mean, I never really took social media as a business platform okay um until recently um and i was never really approaching it with like a plan right i would always be like okay you know i'm going to show people the inside of my life um the struggle the whatever where i am what i'm doing sort of thing like just a little bit of an inside lens on what i'm doing um and that was it so i didn't really ever get any benefits to it ever um, and then I started doing characters here and there. I started teaming up with Nima and he was like, yo man, you really got to start doing content as much as you can and put out as much of stuff on your own. You know, you're only really putting out what me and you do together. And then I started, you know, collaborating with a couple other different guys and same thing. I was never putting on my own shit. So, and then I was like, okay, I see that people are making money off this. I see that it's excelling people's careers. Uh, I'm seeing that it's making shit possible for people right. in Canada and it never was. 
um, which has now made me want to do it more. And now it's definitely, I'm reaping some benefits for sure, because, you know, uh, the Doug Ford thing popped off for me yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. So that pushed me a lot. Um, and then you just start seeing you, you get, you get put on shows that you were never getting put on. You get looked at by people that you're never getting looked at. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have, you're creating your own fan base and then you can sell more tickets and, you know, the list goes on when you, when you've got people that are following you because they like you and identify with you and all that kind of stuff. And they're actually your fan. Um, you can sell them shit, you know, that you can build them on your community, send them newsletters, um, communicate, you know what I mean? So, and, and really reap the benefits of it. So, That's um, awesome. yeah, so it's definitely it's a grind. Yeah, yeah, it's worked for you. Yeah. Um, no, just like, again, like back, going back to the sewer, just smiling because uh, there was an exchange, you and Nima, and something came up about like, should I connect or like something to do with like the guy had 2000 followers and you made a <laughs> joke about it with a voice. You said, buddy, what is this fucking 20, 2010 <laughs> or something like that? But it's so true, right? That's what I love about your humor. It's like, it stings you. Like you kind of feel it. Like there's truth behind it. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. just going back to social media and how important it is, how vital it is. Um, people do look at you differently. Uh, the way it is, right. Like from 2000 followers to 20,000 to 20 million. Yep. Right. So that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm glad it's working out for you and you're getting more gigs. Um, it, it really grants you that exposure um, as it should. Uh, I want to know now, like, cause I see uh, aside from Nima being a freaking collaborator, I noticed Austin Alexander. I don't really know him uh, personally as a comic. But I've seen his work, uh, especially through you. Uh, you do frequent collaborations with him. Uh, how did that kind of develop, and why is this kind of collaboration so important to your brand? Um, he and I met through uh, Nima. We did a collab video, all of us together. Nice. Um, and then we were going to do stuff together, but the pandemic hit, and um, there was a lot of complications there. And uh, you know, Nima's got his team and stuff, and um, I. Austin and I were in a similar boat where we're like, okay, well, we have all the time in the world to do whatever. And, right. um, you know, Nima had a plan for himself and his team. And um, Oh, you cut out for a sec. Sorry. Somebody called oh. me oh. and I don't know why that happened. Cause I have this on a do not disturb thing. Um, Come on, buddy. <laughs> step the Z. Hang up. Um, but yeah, so the, so then me and Austin just started making videos together okay. and we're putting them out on our own personal platforms and pages and stuff. And he's got right. a, a film background um, and always looks at things differently than I do, like with right. more of a cinematic eye involved yep. um, and like how to bring the most out of using a shot and stuff like that. So like really bringing cinematic elements to short form content, yep. which I never thought of. And like, even to this day, we get into like little bickerments that not arguments, just like back and forth. Right, about, right. Cause I'm just like, I'm putting out what I think is funny and that's it, you know, and he's always got a plan and like the shot and the angle. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, which is probably why he's got more followers than I do and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. that acting and stuff is uh, his main thing with uh, like acting and, and shooting and uh, content you. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, so we balance each other out in that regard. And um, we just started making good shit together and, we were like, why are we putting up the same video on our YouTube channel separately? We might as well put them on the same place. So we, you know, committed to a, a YouTube channel and putting out all of our content on there as much as possible. And that has now become an extension of my brand where it's like, I'm not just a stand-up now. You know, I have uh, a portfolio of big sketches and long form sketches that are, you know, cinematically well done. And it's led to bigger and different opportunities than, um, 
I'd say different opportunities and bigger opportunities, but right. um, definitely different than just stand up has done for me. You know what right. I mean? So just cause it's a open different more doors, so open more doors. And that's yeah. kind of what it's all about. You, you, if you're a comic, as you know, man, you, you know, you can't just be a photographer anymore. You know what right. I mean? And if you are, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like you got to be able to edit. You got to be able to fucking, you know, do some videography. Like yeah. you've got to maximize that fucking camera in your hand to so get true. yourself as much uh, revenue as possible. So, I yeah, I know it's so true. That's how I approached film. Like when I was 17 and I had my sights on, like I always wanted to be a filmmaker when I was a kid, but when I took it serious or like set my sights on it when I was 17, wrote my first feature like screenplay. And I wrote written four since, but that first one kind of told me like, I, I love this story so much that how else can I make it? How, how could I be attached to the project? Like no one's going to hire me to be a director. And that's where the reverse engineering came about. And I mm -hmm. realized like, all these necessary tools I needed to develop in order to, like you said, build revenue and build a brand for myself. You can't just be mm -hmm. like a writer. You know what I mean? It's like, how are you a visionary? How do you like put everything, all the pieces together? Kind of like what I did on the tour, right? It's like, I was still directing people in the shots and I was still filming everything, but I also know have to know how to tell, uh, construct a story in the post-production process. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I often say like videographers are point and shoot. A director is mm -hmm. more like, where's the story? You know what I mean? So as you'll see with the vlogs, there's like a story element to it. And I'm happy that I've captured that for you guys. So it's like, a, it's almost like a documentary, right? Like it, mm. you, you have that moment in time captured. So that's very, that's very wise of you to say. Um, and it's, and it's um, important. It's critical. So I wish you all the best with that collaboration. Cause I know you guys are killing it. Thank you. Um, so out of the social media platforms, cause I, <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> uh, moments where you were kind of disgruntled. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, just receiving, you know, setbacks and things like that, accounts getting banned. <laughs> what, uh, which one particularly do you feel is the most challenging to grow your audience or you've had the most uh, issues with? I mean, I've been, I was permanently banned from TikTok for like three years. Three, um, wow. Two, yeah, oh. two years. How'd you get it back? Uh, I just started over. I was like, fuck oh. it. And I, oh, you just I started a new account. <laughs> I started a brand new account. Oh, good for you. Like, okay. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's been tough to grow that because I don't, I lost my care for it. You know, yeah. I see yeah. Nima and Austin are huge on their Packer, even bigger right. shade, shade arena. And I'm like, fuck man, these guys are getting paid with brand sponsorships and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, right. fuck, you know? And I'm like, in the end, I'm like, all I had was like 20,000 followers anyways. So, which yeah. is nothing on TikTok. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. Might as well just give it a shot and start over. So I started over. And I mean, right now I only have 12 and I, I have all this old content and I'm like, you know what? I want to put as much content as possible and put out all the old shit, you know, whereas some people are like, Hey man, you should start over on a clean slate. But I, what I don't like about TikTok is on a click of a button. All of them are like this, but I stopped. I didn't give a fuck because I'm like, man, at any moment they can say, Oh, this isn't appropriate. Your account's gone again. It's like, you know, and that just happened to me on Instagram too, where they, they banned my account for like fucking eight days and it was the the end of the tour it was like two sold out vancouver that. shows yeah two sold out toronto shows the hamilton show um dropping collab skits with nima from fucking uh, vancouver it's like you you fucking banned me and i just had exposure to two thousand people live over a course of four days like are you fucking nuts you know yeah. what i mean so yeah that really pisses me off that they can just do that and um, that one hit me the most because that's my biggest following is Instagram. Right. And I think Instagram out of all of them is the best platform because it has that good balance of 
um, growth, but engagement with your actual community, like you actually feel like you can connect with your community. Whereas TikTok is, you have 6 million followers. Okay, great. You don't know any of them. Yeah. You can barely interact with them. Right. And even when you can, it's not very genuine and authentic. So it doesn't really matter. YouTube, similar, you know, now they're YouTube's trying to restructure themselves to kind of be the best of YouTube, Instagram, and you, uh, TikTok. So they're trying to cultivate more of a, a community, yeah. but all, all platforms, man, as you know, have their own demographic and their own advantage cult, you know, and their own advantage. Yeah. yeah. That's so. awesome. Yeah, I, I know. I was unfortunate news for yourself. Like when I, when I heard that, because again, like this has now become, this is why I say a professional comic, like you need it for your business and you're yeah. on tour. You know what I mean? Like that was a critical moment that uh, didn't need to happen. So I, I don't know if you remember and recall in the group chat we're in, like I sent, uh, I'm getting community guideline violations uh, like, and I'm, and I'm literally talking about, like, it's just my face like this, like zoomed in talking about like letting go and like filmmaking and it's like, how is that violating anything? And I peeled it and right away they took the, the ban off. And I'm like, so why did you inconvenience me for in the first place? Like, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a wild ride. But before we go, um, I do want to uh, shed light on your recent release, uh, the Wellfeb album. Um, hilarious. Um, it really, you know, helped me out when I was borderline, you know, facing alcohol poisoning. I don't know if you recall that night, but uh, I do. It, yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, nailed the impression too. But uh, honestly, man, like the Well-Fed album killed it. Um, you did a great job. And I want to know uh, what was the creative process in developing this album um, in the first place? Um, I mean, I... What's the best way to go about doing this? Sorry, I'm pacing around. You good with that? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. We got that found footage <laughs> angle. <laughs> Guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We were going to tune out, but it's all good. <laughs> Guys, so listen. Um, Guys, so listen, oh. yeah, yeah. I got a 13-year-old. Uh, we got <laughs> Hang on, buddy. Just hold the camera. <laughs> Janet, oh, can you hold the camera for him? <laughs> um, I... Um... This guy's lying on his bed. I'm lying on my bed now. Yeah. <laughs> the most eventful podcast guest I've had. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, this, guy, this guy's listen. cooking, looking at his uh, emails. <laughs> listen, uh, pulling up pictures of Bert. Pulling um, up pictures of Bert. Yeah. Listen, I don't have a fucking You're lucky I only here. have two fucking followers on this platform. <laughs> Buddy, if this podcast was in Vaughn, bro. Yeah, bro. This podcast was Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Would you be doing this? <laughs> No, I'd I'd be in a studio. <laughs> True, <laughs> no. we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> well, I don't know if this helps with the way I'm doing it. Yeah, that's but... good. Just keep it still if you can. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to think about the best way to articulate this because comedy albums are just a way that guys um, make money now. Whereas back in the day, you know, videos weren't a thing, right. so comics would put these out. And that's how you would hear their one hour specials. Right. If they weren't getting a one hour special on Netflix, HBO, whatever. Um, there obviously wasn't Netflix, but you know what I mean? So um, now comics receive royalties by them circulating the airways all over the place. And I was in this point in my career where I was like, okay, I'm married. I moved out. I no longer live in my Nona's basement. I don't live with my right. parents anymore. So these jokes aren't authentic. So I need to move on, but I've spent about a decade building this hour and a half of material. So 
something's got to give. I got to, I got to yeah. record it. Right. Yeah. And I always, I have a collection of comedy albums, like vinyls, um, you know, Steve Martin, Ronnie Dangerfield, Cosby. Oh, um, all the old school guys. Right, so, right. um, I really wanted to do that and put it out and I made a vinyl. Um, and I was like, I was really struggling with the name for a bit. I knew the picture because a buddy of mine, um, we did a photo shoot together. He's yeah. a childhood friend of mine. He's a graphic designer and uh, photographer. And he, we did a photo shoot and I'm going through my old photos and he sees that mug shot of me, which was my passport photo yeah. from when I was like 12. He's like, buddy, this has to be yeah. your album cover one day. And then fast forward eight years. And that was the same friend who actually told me about the comedy program at Humber. So nice. fast forward eight years from when he said that and our first like headshot photo shoot, he's like, if you can find that photo, man, we found that photo and uh, we landed on the name well-fed because I noticed that all the jokes somehow are related to food or family, which Italian families are centered around food. Um, yeah. And I thought well-fed was a good name because it was like, I'm well-fed physically and <laughs> with material too. Like I'm just surrounded by so many characters in but my that's life. Italian. Italians would say that, like they wouldn't call you fat. They would just say you eat like you're a good eater. Like you're yeah. well-fed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and surrounded by all these characters in my life that I'm pulling from. Right. Um, so I'm like well-fed with, you know, content, love, food, all of it. So support. Right. So I thought it was fitting. And then my buddy basically created this, um, whole art package of like you know all those fast food images and mock them to well-fed and all that kind of stuff so i mean the creative process was fucking interesting i recorded uh seven for 21 shows right. uh, which no comic ever does they only do two shows and i know this is a long-winded answer what are you fucking yawning on me bro what? no i'm just trying to I'm like just, absorb just, <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> no no you're right can you get uh, to the fucking climax you're like buddy what are you saying bro <laughs> Our parents, if they were listening, okay, uh, okay, we get it. You eat, (laughs) okay, we get it. You make money off of fucking two jokes. (laughs) Yeah, we get it. You can eat pasta. It relax. Um, so I recorded twenty one shows. Most comics do two, one, whatever. Right. Um, because I originally recorded it and hated it. I was like, I got to redo this. Mm -hmm. So uh, I headlined Absolute Comedy, and they have three clubs, or they did anyways. Now they only have two, but they had Kingston, Ottawa, Toronto. Mm -hmm. Uh recorded all of them myself um and the first time i did it again fucked up so live and learn yeah um but you know i see a lot of record labels they record it for you master it for you but then take you know over sometimes 50 percent of the royalties because they're the producer on it right yeah and i'm like no man i'm gonna produce this myself um i've lived and learned from the first time i did it i rigged up the room myself i rented the equipment myself um I, I cut it all together myself. Then I sent it to a guy to mix and master that I knew who does, um, you know, uh, rock and roll albums and stuff. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, I, I strongly suggest everybody does it themselves always because you cut out these middlemen. You learn stuff about yourself. You learn stuff about how hard things actually are to produce. So when you actually go to pay for it, exactly. you don't mind paying top dollar. Like yeah. how many times I fucking edit videos or use Photoshop and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then a buddy goes, Hey, I'll do it for you for a thousand bucks. You're like, buddy, what are you nuts? It's way too expensive. But if you try it yourself, bro, it'll take you six months to fucking edit a photo. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that I, was, I admire that you respect the service, like the creativity involved. Yeah. You're willing yeah, to pay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, 
put it out, self-produced, ma'am. Um, I submitted it to the, the Junos. Hopefully I get nominated. Oh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, huh? they have Good a comedy you. section. So oh, that's awesome. we'll see. I mean, I, I just really love the it's it's all my best jokes. Um, the album's coming. Uh, the, sorry, the um, the vinyl's coming out next year. I've already ordered it. And it's that's got awesome. um, the second part of the album that's coming out in a couple months. Um, I can't wait. You know, yeah. First album's called Well Fed. The next one's called Leftovers. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, no, it was a genuine like laugh out loud. Like I, I really enjoyed myself listening to the album. Like it was all the, everything was concise. And again, maybe because I'm Italian, there was a little bit of bias. Cause like, I, I, res- I understand a lot of the jokes, but I think that's what mm-hmm. you were going for as well. And even mm-hmm. if you're not Italian, like you, you, you can still, anyone that knows like how parents are with their children and just, you know, being in situations like the, the whole thing of like, you're a bear or like you're, you're, you could protect me. Right. Like anyone that's been like dating a girl, like, I can protect you to a certain point. <laughs> exactly. You exaggerate it, right? You just go over the, it's like, yeah, are we talking about a gummy bear? <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It, it just went on, but that's awesome, man. So having said that um, you already discussed or you hinted at the whole like leftovers, uh, that project, the second half of um, well fed, is there any other projects or endeavors you can discuss or anything that you're kind of like, looking um, to develop? I'm, developing the new hour uh right now so i'm going to be touring a lot um in a bunch of different cities and hopefully this time next year um my goal is to stay here Mm -hmm. put out as much content as possible build my following as much as possible authentically so then you know this time next year i can do my own tour um with my new hour and then sell my first comedy special to crave or whatever um and go from there. That's, that's the plan. So the, the, I'm working on the one hour so that I can have a filmed special. Awesome. That's awesome. That's great to hear. And you'll get there. Uh, just time patience, as they say. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. Patient. <laughs> I can't do it, but yeah. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> um, but you killed it, man. Yeah. That's great. And it was great to see you doing stand up. Uh, I have a lot of uh, faith in you. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation, uh, brought a lot of jokes out, uh, put a big smile on my face, uh, because it's only been like, what, two weeks since we came back, but we're already talking about it. You know? So it's wild. It feels like it was like years ago, yet two days ago. Isn't it was weird? just like, it literally went in a snap. And that's why I love when you started off a podcast where you're, I was talking to you about like, why don't things balk you down? And you're like, bro, <laughs> we're done in about fucking <laughs> like in a snap of the fingers. Of blink yeah, of man, you could be dead tomorrow. And like, in the end of the day, dude, we're so lucky that we got to tour yeah the privilege it was wild yeah it's like it was like not a lot of people get to do the trip that we did so exactly yeah no for sure we're we're definitely grateful so i really appreciate you coming on the podcast uh thank you again mark anthony synagoga i'm looking forward to everything that you're going to be putting out in the new year and thank you everybody for listening and we'll talk soon